We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. TickPick should be your first choice to buy basketball tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees, ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Laker Film Room Podcast and Blue Wire Network. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined by Darius and Mike. And the Lakers got blown out by the Suns tonight. That was a result that, you know, I don't think we're too surprised about. And yet it managed to be an extraordinarily frustrating game, especially the, the second half. But before we get into any of that, Mike, how you doing, man? What's your situation? How you feeling? What's going on, man? Well, it's good to see you too. It's good to see your faces. And I do want to say I, I really appreciate everybody that sent, you know, nice messages and well wishes. Uh, obviously, I tweeted earlier today uh, that I am in protocols now uh, following a, a bunch of people on the team. Basically, my last test out of about six on that road trip um, came back positive And I found out early in the morning on Monday and found a found a spot um shout out to don and eric who are letting me crash in their place while they're out of town um so that i can try and, and uh, not spread anything to the family and that's been the hardest part honestly uh, just do, like being away from the kids and my wife especially after that six-day trip but this is it's it's just like a reflected a fl- reflection of what's been going on with the team and i'm thinking about all the other people that have had the same situation not just with the lakers but around the league and of course around the world so that's kind of the overlying thing. And and again, I, I wish I could just respond to everybody who said kind things on Twitter um, and such. But, you know, in that context, guys, so I'm not in the best mood, right, today. <laughs> and I knew that. I knew that. But I, I sat. I've been just watching League Pass all night and, and, you know, just kind of trying to get my get basketball to consume my brain and trying not to think about the oddity of not being at Staples Center, which I think this is the – First time that I've watched a game on television, not at Staples Center, since my kids were born, my twins were born, uh, when I missed two preseason games. Yeah. With the exception of Different vantage point. Yeah. Yeah. There were one or two games I missed doing play-by-play in the G League um, a couple years ago. But yeah, so it was was weird. And, you know, I apologize to you guys. I got a little bit flagrant in the text thread today. Um, I... (laughs) 
I think you guys probably enjoyed I believe, it. I believe the term is on one. Mike was on one in the text thread today. Yeah, and I've and I've all you know, it was a safe space, okay? It was it a free is. safe space. Yeah. And so I have already calmed down some. Uh I you know, and and I'm now going to kick it to Darius to take that wherever he wants to go. But yeah, I I've calmed down some Darius, but it was it was a frustrating evening. Yeah, I think both of you nailed it with the idea that I'm not surprised if the Lakers lose any game at this point. Um, And Pete, you mentioned this a few pods ago and just over the last several days, um, ever since the positive cases star started to come in, I think you and I have been on the same page about just sort of showing this team, this group, some grace and trying to be as understanding about the circumstances that they're forced to tackle right now um and understand that they want to do their best and that there are going to be plenty of times where they're not able to conjure their best and there are going to be other times where their best isn't going to be good enough so i thought against the bulls they did their best and their best was not good enough against the suns i thought they were not able to conjure their best and that was in its own way, frustrating. And I think that's why I was a little bit like, oh man, like make that extra play or why aren't you doing X? And I had to sort of kick myself out of that mindset a little bit. Pete, if I can redirect to you uh, off of what Darius was saying. So I just heard LeBron right after the game and he basically said, well, it's hard to understand and judge how we stack up against Phoenix because they're at full strength and we're not. So that is the, that is fact. That's the underlying thing. They somehow don't have a single injury. Now that Booker's back from the hamstring or a single uh, pro guy in the protocols. So right away. So the continuity they already had at the regular season to start it, right. Which was tremendous them in golden state. And now they have somehow managed to still be that way. And yet, and still there were so many little pockets of things, whether it was lineups or, the type of uh, of the veterans that aren't athletic playing together. And there were so many things in the game that, and that was what the text thread was about. So I was kind of wrestling with those two things. And I, I don't know what your perspective on that was. No, I think that's, that's very much the case, right? Is that there's still a great degree of uh, shooting ourselves in the foot, even under the current circumstances. And we just have a, a very small margin for error, like even beyond decisions. And I wish this guy made this play differently, or I wish we were playing a different group right now. Like guys are going to play well and play poorly throughout the course of an 82 game season in just the regular ebb and flow of that. And so like Isaiah Thomas couldn't hit a pull-up jumper. He was short on every pull-up jumper that he took. That's probably going to be in however many games IT plays from from here on out in in the league. That's going to be one of the worst pull-up jump shooting nights you're going to see him have. That happens in the NBA, but in our current circumstances, we can't really afford that. Same thing with THT. Now, I think with THT, Phoenix is a difficult matchup for him. I think that it and it they are a team that it really reveals a lot of his offensive weaknesses. So I think that like Isaiah Thomas would not have that game that he had tonight very often, but I think THT would have it more often than, than, than it would against Phoenix in particular. So there it's some degree of a balance of just a normal attrition that happens in the NBA, right? This normal 
ebb and flow D throughout the season of guys are going to have off nights. And when two of your main guys right now have, you know, go two for 26 and 0 for 13, 0 for 14 from three, that's like in when you're already limited, that's going to be fatal pretty much every time. The thing I keep coming back to, though, is we play too many of our worst players. What it's in service of is has changed throughout the season, but like DeAndre Jordan and Rondo in particular are probably the two worst players on the roster. Now, we're a depleted roster right now and they are available. And but part of why we are where we are is we've been playing our 13th and 14th best players way too much. And teams are going to be bad when you have to do that at ex- extended stretches. But D, there's there are more alternatives now, especially with Trevor Ariza coming back, that I don't think we need to play DeAndre Jordan. Now, Dwight was out of the lineup. He was cleared in, uh, from protocols. like So maybe he's able to come back in the next game. We'll see what happens. But like we need to, even in our current circumstances, I don't think we can play DJ and Rondo the, to the extent that, that we have. I said this on Twitter, and it was just a stat. It's just a fact. And got a lot of replies to it um but at one point the lakers were down 12 points this may have been going into the fourth quarter actually and in 13 minutes deandre jordan was a minus 18 to that point in the game in a game that the lakers trailed by 12 and i said not to be outdone rajon rondo was minus 20 in the 14 minutes that he had played and Russ, I think at that point was like minus three and Braun was even and Isaiah Thomas, even as poorly as he had played, he was like a plus four at that point. And so and Thomas had played a bunch of minutes with Rondo, right? Like maybe half of Rondo's 14 minutes, which is wild in and of itself, right? You would never intentionally put those two guys together in, in an NBA game and then play them with Wayne Ellington. Sometimes Russ is on the floor with those two as well. Yeah. Right. And so like there was a bunch of stuff that happened this this game. So like Mike, the last question and I missed it because I was getting on to this to the Zoom late to sort of hear post post game availability, but the last question that LeBron was was answering, he was speaking to Carmelo Anthony getting ejected from the game. Melo had gotten a T earlier during the game, and then he got a second T arguing um, a non-foul call on a three-pointer that he took from the corner, and he got ejected. And so one of the reasons why DeAndre Jordan had to play, particularly in the second half, because he got pulled, Pete, early on in his shift, he got pulled to start the third quarter. And they brought in Mello. And suddenly, what looked like a game that Phoenix was going to run away with very early in the third, well, in the third quarter, stabilized. And it stabilized to be basically like a six, eight, 10 point mm-hmm. game. So it was like a three or a four possession game. Now, Phoenix was in control. Yeah, and at they that felt point, like they had that, but they we made it respectable. It was, and that's what we, when we were talking about coming into this game, like, what do you want to see under yes. the certain circumstances? Up until that point, like, it was a competitive game, even with mistakes and all of that. Like, up until that point, it was what we had wanted to see. And then, yeah, Melo gets ejected. And, and then DeAndre Jordan has, has to play a little bit more. And so, This was a game where I go back to the points that both of you made, which I think are really the overarching themes of this game to me, is I 
do not want to be mad at the Lakers for how they played this game or even the result. I thought that they competed hard for most of the night. What I do want to see more of, and we'll kick at the break here, and I'd love to get your guys' feedback coming out of this, is what sort of tweaks do they need now considering who's available and and who's not? And let's say that the Lakers play in a couple days. Let's say Dwight's still not ready. Dwight had a COVID case. He may not be ready yet. And a big player, especially conditioning, may not be there. THT didn't look like he was all the way back, but they threw him in there. They needed him. He's one of their best players, right? And so there's a certain amount of, hey, what are they going to do here? The Lakers signed a couple of guys, right? We talked about that in uh, the pod that posted on Tuesday morning. And, and so let's go to break here because I'd love to get your, your guys' thoughts on, hey, there's different options available to this team now especially now that Ariz is back and so I want to know what you guys think about what they should be doing with the rotation Lakers basketball is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself by searching all over the internet to find Lakers tickets anymore because TickPick that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NBA tickets TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that other ticket sites charge which lets them guarantee the best prices on all their NBA tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices on the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in purchase price. I'm excited to see this Lakers squad get out and transition this year, and there's nothing like seeing a great fast-breaking team in person. Visit TickPick.com LFR today and use promo code LFR to save $10 on your first order of Lakers tickets. Are you looking for ways to skip the trip to the post office and dodge all that hectic holiday shopping traffic? Why not save time and money with Stamps.com? Stamps.com lets you compare rates, print labels, and access exclusive discounts on UPS and USPS services all year long. It just makes sense, especially if your business sends more mail and packages during the holidays. Whether you're selling online or running an office or side hustle, Stamps.com can save you so much time, money, and stress during the holidays. Access all the post office and UPS shipping services you need without taking the trip and get discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS rates and 76% off UPS. Save time and money this holiday season with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code FILMROOM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter the code FILMROOM. All right, I've got an answer for you. So I think that in the first – let me use tonight's game as a reference point. So in the first half, it was close at halftime. And I think a lot of the reason it was close is because Phoenix just missed a bunch of completely wide open threes. They were three for 22 from the field, and the Lakers didn't turn the basketball over at all. So they only, they only had three turnovers. LeBron hit all of his shots, including all of his jump shots. He was nine for 13. And uh, Trevor Ariza hit four, uh, all four of his shots, including three threes. So to me, the Suns were clearly better in the first half. Probably should have been up by like eight or nine, but it was it was close because of that. But but the stuff that was clearly not working, as one of the things we were talking about in the text thread, was that second unit um, that had Rondo, Mello, and Isaiah Thomas all on the floor together. And we spent all year, guys, trying to, you know, figure out why certain certain guys are playing together. And, and the reason has basically been injuries and now COVID absences. That's been part of it. But to me, Pete, one immediate, just simple thing, and I'm sure the coaches are talking about this. Wait, uh, Frank Vogel was watching it 
right? The whole time. I don't care if I haven't seen Jamario Jones play in a while or Mason Jones, just either one of them, pick one and put them in and let them just hustle, just do stuff like, uh, like Duke has been doing in Brooklyn, like just throw the guy off the street, let him do hustle. Even if he makes mistakes defensively, so what, but instead of playing Rondo and Isaiah Thomas together uh, off, off the bench, like just play one of those wings and pick one of the small guards. And just that alone to me would make at least uh, at least somewhat of a difference. I've been pining for the exact type of guy you're talking about for all year. The guy that runs around and and hustles and and does exactly the dirty work, the try hard type yeah, the of vets, guy. The vets need seem to need Pete. Of an course energy, they do. An energizer Fis- bunny. Just to butt in here, Fisdale mentioned it. Before the before the game, he mm-hmm. said, "Like we've got a bunch of veterans on this team who have not been used to doing the little things, but those guys are role players now. And in fact, every player on the team has to take on a role player mentality. Of those little things are now my responsibility. That's great, and that is a goal to strive toward. Yes, that is also a bit pie in the sky that you can only get." guys who have been stars their whole career, which was part of Fisdale's point, to be role players and do role player things. That said, you do also have role players, especially with the the Jamario Jones signing. Right? I'm higher on Jamario Jones than I am on Mason Jones, having seen just not a ton of Mason Jones. It's just he's done a lot of work on the ball this year, which I think is just less of a need for our group. Jamario Jones, though, runs around like his hair is on fire and is a great rebounder. Plug him in. Plug him in. in. And this is exactly the type of guy that we've needed all year. And from a coach's perspective, under our current circumstances and the injury circumstances throughout the year, there's there are usually a couple of options. There's your third string vet, your Rondo, your DJ, your guys who maybe weren't planning on having in the rotation, but a guy went down and this is your third guy, right? And and he's capable. He can do it in small bits. Or you've got the G League guy, the guy who's, you know, fighting for a spot in the league that that maybe played at a small college, you know, what wasn't a, a blue chip recruit. Just m- missed Austin Reeves so much tonight, Pete. Right? Oh, that, there it is, just, Mike. Right? Just give me Austin Reeves off the bench. That's in basketball, you can go too far in either direction. If all you have are those connector role player types, you're going to score 75 points. But if all you have is the ball handler star, former stars, D, then you're going to give up double 75 points, Pete. And mm-hmm. you're going to end up looking like we don't know how to rebound the basketball or we do not know how to track down a loose ball, or we do not know how to close down the foul line or crack down in the paint in order to make the play that needs to be made in that moment. And the game isn't just big things, Mike. And I know you know that. But I feel like there are too many times where the Lakers get caught up chasing the big things over and over in possessions. And that's a good way to overlook the little things that help you win. And the thing is, is like when you keep seeking out the big play, you also when you succeed, it's like the home run slugger, right? Like when you succeed... It looks great, and maybe you'll be on Sports Center when you mess it up. It's like that's a turnover, 
or that's a you chased you gambled for the steal and didn't get it. And so now you're in rotation. And even if they end up missing, you're giving up an offensive rebound and a second and maybe a third possession because you never get back on track because you, you scrambled and scrambled and scrambled and you're still scrambling until the ball goes through the net. If I could just bring LeBron into this, uh, I, which I feel like is one of, one of my jobs uh, on the LFR pod, like seven for nine in the paint, 13 of 19 overall. Hit from the mid-range, hit a couple threes, gave Aiton problems after Aiton was completely dominating early defensively, played through the ankle, like when, and he was great in Chicago too. And so when you don't have what Fizdale talked about before the game, but then didn't play the, you know, some of the personnel that could do it, that that's another frustrating element. I think when LeBron giving that kind of an effort in two strike games and you get two losses and you're 500. You know, so that's that's the that's another part of this where you can like this LeBron is very encouraging, I think. Big picture, but it's also discouraging to have you don't want to say wasted, but to have that kind of an energy from him not you we, know, not we also supported. That for sure. But we also just played a couple of really good teams. Phoenix has the best record in the NBA. Chicago is probably the fifth or sixth best team in the league yeah they're second in the east right now so yeah i mean so if you look at been, yeah 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 right they're, they're i think you could if easily say healthy, they're the sixth best yeah i yeah. drop them a little bit lower but sure maybe yeah. but they're I'm a good team the, sure the point being though they're they're a good team yes, we acquitted sure. ourselves well against them less so against the phoenix suns but again the suns are like so LeBron having those types of performances, I think, are actually very encouraging because of the nature of his role, right? This is a different role that he's playing with AD being gone. He's filling more of a big man type of shoes, a big man's type of shoes, and there's things to work off of. It's it's funny because like on, on a night like tonight and what's, what can be difficult or about these pods that we record right after the game. Usually we record in the morning is, you know, haven't had the rewatch or anything like that. But a lot of times when you rewatch a game, you'll see like, oh, it was this relatively simple thing that went wrong or you got beat on on this. And and so this a lot of these lineups that we're playing that have like they don't have to have Rondo and IT together. Maybe both guys need to play, but it's a matter of like balancing, you know, balancing lineups a little bit better. Maybe that means THT going to the bench so that we have a better defensive group that we can put with those end of first quarter, end of third quarter type of lineups. Right. It to me is more of a rebalancing and reshifting. Like we need to do some of that with our rotation so that we can avoid. And, and, and as simple as coming down to making that choice of, do we want to play the third string veterans or do we want to play the young hustle guys? And to me, I really think that both what this team needs and there's a sustainability to motor where like Rondo can have a great night on any given night. We've seen nights where DJ has played well and has had, you know, a couple of nice shifts and blocked some shots and caught some lobs, right? This, that's the nature of especially older uh, third string type of vets. But if you're asking them to do it, to produce something over a 10 game stretch or over a a several game stretch, it's just not going to happen. D it's just not. And when you gauge that against the needs of the team, the guy who runs around, who gets stuff done, that can that can fill all of those positions, like it seems that 
just a shift in lineup and a shift in like who you play to replace injured players, like the nature of that player that that would address a lot. And I like, I don't think it's as far away as perhaps it feels. I think you're right. Let's go to break here. We've talked about Ariza some in the last pod. I'd like to get more into Ariza and also THT a little bit. And then the idea of, if this is the version of LeBron that we think we can count on or get every mm-hmm. night, what should these lineups and what should these rotations look like then based off of the roster that's currently available? We know that when all of these guys get back, it'll be easy, but right now it's not easy. And there is going to be a little bit of either or choices. And so let's suss that out a little bit more. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, fellas, I I like what I saw from Ariza this game. Um, the shooting is impressing me. Now, this could just be... Uh, hot streak and when you've been hurt especially with like a lower leg injury like like an ankle guess what you do you shoot you get them up Mm -hmm. right you're in the gym and you're not using a lot of legs you're not jumping a lot you're taking a lot of set shots and those are the shots that ariza has been taking in games it's almost those same exact sort sort of shots they are and they're going in and that's nice to see defensively I think that he is not all the way there and maybe this is the version of him we're going to see but so he's less the one-on-one defender that you'd like but he is a more than capable team defender and he's been good on the glass Ariza should play and as his minutes restriction gets lessened and lessened he should play more direct question to both y'all should Trevor Ariza be starting yeah (laughs) yeah and so I'm now I'm trying to to zoom forward and assume what the Phoenix Suns have, which is health and looking at how this roster could possibly fit together. I just jotted it down and it's it's open to debate, which is, I think, what, what we want to get into here. But I'm probably going Westbrook, Ellington, Ariza, LeBron, AD to start Reeves, THT and Mello. That's eight. Then Dwight, when you need a, a big, you know, certain matchups like Denver, right? Throw him on Jokic for a little bit. Monk, when you need an offensive spark. Bradley, if you need a defensive spark. And that's really, you know, probably more for limited minutes. 
And then Kendrick Nunn is the we'll see. You know, we'll see when he comes back. Now, the idealized version of Nunn, or even how he played last year, probably for me replaces the, some of those minutes for THT um, coming right off the bench. You know, and or you could slot it. You could slot in with Ellington, and there there isn't a clear guy there. But that's that's at least how I'm formulating. And then obviously out of the rotation or Rondo and DJ as as they have been. But yeah, that, I know I just named most guys in the team, Pete. But again, Westbrook, Ellington, Ariza, LeBron, AD. And then Reeves, THT, Mello, and the other guys you kind of work in. I'm so I think we have eight guys, and I under current circumstances. Let's zoom back into the present day uh, un, under our current circumstances. Um, I, I would start Ariza uh, again once he's he's cleared by the doctors and you know has that minutes restricted restriction lifted. Uh, but he plays rest- responsible adult basketball. D like so the whole premise of this team I believe of what they're trying to be is a very open court style that's predicated on a lot of shot creation and ball handlers and then shooters that can finish off of that shot creation so offensively you've got the pressure on the rim from the three stars then guys around them that can either set screens and cut off of that. I think that, you know, Russ has been, uh, has found a place within the broader context of two other stars as a screener and cutter, but then your Ellingtons and monks and, and shooters and guys like that. And ideally being able to play enough defense on the other end to, to win games. But it's this idea of this open court style of play. And so Trevor Ariza is super fun to watch it, it's like I've loved revisiting his game Darius as he was one of my all-time favorite Laker bit role players he was only here for like 18 months yeah his first uh time around I was an Ariza stand man I loved Trevor Ariza's game he was so fun and he was one of the guys that personified remember those great bench groups of the 09 team and they were so fast and and fun yeah, they right? were the bench mob I mean every team claims a bench mob right but they were the yep. Lakers bench mob and they were Farmar Sasha yeah. Sasha Ariza mm-hmm. they, Luke was in that group Luke was yep. in there they play with Odom Right. Mm-hmm. And they keep one of the bigs in. So maybe it was Turi off might get some minutes. Yeah. Right. And so it was just a lot of up and down play. And Ariza was right in the middle of all that. And so Ariza is an interesting player to watch because he's one of the first three and D guys to get old. I think, right? Like he's one of the first, because the idea of being a three and D guy is not something that's been around forever, right? And so I remember him as this, he was 19 when he came in with the Knicks. We got him, I think, from Orlando in the Mo Evans trade, I believe. Uh, And I remember this young spry athlete. So now he's an older open court player. This is where I'm going with this. And so you need responsible adults in whatever style of play you choose to play. If you want to play the too big meat grinder type of basketball, you need everybody within that to be able to do their job like a responsible adult basketball player. A lot of our responsible adults have been out throughout the season, and Trevor Ariza is one of those guys. He's one of the reasons why I have some faith in this team when we get healthy, That because without that ability to play organized basketball, Mike, like you, you can be a transition team. You can be a team that can make it uncomfortable for other teams. But if you can't play grown up basketball, you're not going to get very far. And so part of my optimism with the Riza is he, he both fits our style, but he's also been around the league and around the block so many times that he knows how to play. And I, I think he's a, 
on this team in particular with a lot of guys that make a lot of mistakes, I think that's super important. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's why I think I've seen enough like in, from him so far. Right. To be because the idea of him and what he could just what he could do on the floor with his player type, let alone if he's lost a step or not, is just better than what the alternative is, I think, on this Mm -hmm. roster. And so then my question is more and and you can if you want to weigh in on what all the stuff that I said about the lineup or going your own way. Do you need a little bit more pop and athleticism in that group instead of sort of putting it all on the three stars? Like, do you need then none or THT instead of Ellington? If you're going to do that, or do you say, you know what, this it's still that's going to be a reason LeBron AD, the know how, the length there, some of Russ's athleticism, you can switch most things, you know, in a lot of ways. So is that is that enough? And I don't know if it matters. Like the, the thing that really matters is, is that Ariza is going to play um, significant minutes in certain lineups and when they go small. But maybe he's better, Darius, when they do go small for that LeBron un, uh, unit. And, and therefore, maybe you do stagger him and put some more athleticism in the starting lineup I, I i don't know how much it matters but i'm curious what you think d i'm i'm of the mind that i'm i think it's less necessary for trevor to start if ad is here but i think that in our current circumstances trying to figure out how do we replace anthony davis having a bigger wing he's not anthony davis of course but having a bigger wing who like knows where to be on the defensive end and that can win some of the battles that Melo can't i think that that's super important uh so it, that's more of a short-term position for me with with the reza but where do you stand on the question that you asked about him starting both short-term and in that longer view short-term i think he should start here's a question the lakers can't start lebron at center can they? I mean, I, I think Ariza should be starting for DeAndre Jordan. So if you want to call Trevor Ariza the center, that's fine. But it's really LeBron who's you know cover, calling out the coverages on that. But I, I think that's what we need to be doing now. Yeah. So you wouldn't start Dwight? I, I wouldn't. I think that that I don't think DJ should be in the rotation, ideally. And so for me, Dwight is the guy who comes in at the six minute mark or whenever Russ goes out of the game, Dwight comes in, you know, and fills some of those minutes that we're going to. So being able to play a true big and LeBron at the five without having to have DJ on the court. Yeah, I think that that's that's the sell that I'm not sure if you're going to ever get there with this coaching staff. And I don't mean just with Frank Vogel, based off of what David Fisdale was doing this this game as well, which is influenced by Vogel's philosophies, of course, right? But, I, I mean, he he went to DeAndre as well. And so I'm just interested in, to me, it's more, I think they're going to start a traditional big as long as AD is out. As far as should Ariza start, I think he should. And if the Lakers are going to start a big, I'm guessing Trevor Ariza needs to start probably for THT. Yeah, that's another possibility. I'm not necessarily down on THT. He had a really rough game this game. But I think it's very hard to optimize THT in lineups with LeBron and Russ together at the same same time i think that his usage is going to suffer i think that you're asking him then to space the floor in weird ways Mm -hmm. and he too many of his shots end up being three pointers just based off like there's just a domino effect on what's the way he slotted in in those lineups that is tricky to me and um he's not developed enough offensively yet um in terms of being well-rounded enough 
for him to thrive in those situations. So I would probably start Russ Ellington, LeBron, Ariza, and Dwight. If Dwight is able to play, um, mm-hmm. Dwight would be one of my first subs out for Carmelo Anthony. And then I would bring Dwight back, like maybe even later in the first quarter when LeBron goes to the bench. Like if he plays two first quarter shifts, that's really just one shift to me. Basically, what I'm saying is, is I think you need to get creative and I think you need to find more ways to optimize THT because the version of him that you're getting right now isn't the best version of him. And so I would start Ariza in the short term. I would also start Ariza in the long term. And I just think that he is one of those bridge players that is a connector, right? And he is a connector at the forward position. And if you're going to play Ellington... Ellington is a connector in his own way as a shooter. He uses his shooting skills. But one of the ways that I've liked Ariza, guys, is that he's been a ball mover. He's been looking to make the extra pass. And he's shooting when he's open. But if he's not open, he's making quick decisions with the ball. He's attacking closeouts. Like He is doing the responsible adult things that I think this team really does need the way that you referenced Pete. And, and so I think a reason needs to play. I think he needs to start. And I think you need to start reshuffling the lineup in ways and the rotation in ways that are going to try to optimize your best players. And that probably means moving THT to a bench role where he can thrive a little bit more. So what you're saying again is basically they need to be playing role players next to their stars, you know, in a, in a, it's not that complicated in some ways, yeah you know and, like yeah and also mike the bench could really use a guard like you were talking about that trio of rondo it and mellow out on the floor like moving tht to the bench also helps fill one of those spots theoretically right where you're not as weak defensively so like it helps in more than one place and yeah. gives you another ball handler yes right. you, you don't have to play rondo and it well so to me this is just, Here's the thing that I think Frank Vogel has been telling us this season. So I think he agrees with this. THT was his best option at getting some semblance of defense on the wing and size and strength with Trevor Ariza out. Trevor Ariza's back now, and he's looking pretty good. And if he can stay in this trajectory and stay healthy and keep getting a little stronger, and I've been impressed like he's already in a nice rhythm from three somehow despite barely playing any basketball, them having zero practices, them having zero scrimmages and practices, he's coming in against, you know, the Phoenix Suns defense in hitting three. So therefore you don't have to sandwich THT into a, into this role that he, which is not the kind of player that he is to start. So put him on the bench, let him come in and attack against weaker defensive players. uh, And, and that's great. And then, this is why, like, why do we love Austin Reeves so much? In, in part, because he is a guy that did how you just described Ariza. He's moving the ball. He's making quick decisions. He's cutting. He's playing defense. He's switching guys around. So those are two uniting type players. And today, you know, off the bench, you bring in, it's Rondo, uh, who is not a, you know, he's in this kind of a game, right? He's got the basketball and he's making decisions. He's not a role player, really, in a lot of senses. Uh, THT, not a role player. Isaiah Thomas is not a role player. You know, Isaiah Thomas is catching and attacking and faking and getting into the paint. And, you know, he and he and THT shot a combined two for 24 um, today, which is beside the point, though. Like, but all of the shot attempts, right, when LeBron, I'll I'll just stop myself there. But this is where I think this outlines is still there, Pete, of we can see 
like there is a, a there is a way to put this puzzle together, even if it's there not is. ideal. There is a way to put it together. They've and they just have not been able to do it because of this ridiculous run of health that then ran into this ridiculous run of COVID nineteen um, impacting yours truly as well. In, indeed, but part of this, like this, is where resilience has to be shown. Right, resilience is less important when things are going your way, and it is something that is precisely what you need to call upon in, in times like these. And part of that is being able to see things with clear eyes and with a, a clear head and evaluate what is needed. And that's just a, an ongoing theme with that idea of role players being the players that fit around your stars. I think that there's a longer conversation to be had about THT as a role player. I actually do like him as a starter when AD is at the five, but when Dwight or DJ, I think that that's when it, it becomes more difficult. That's a, a a branch of the tree that we can go down in depth in another pod. But right now, we need more groups that have a guy or two that can run around and do the dirty work and do the little things. And so I, I really hope that we give a guy like Jamario Jones a chance. I was really excited when we when we made that signing. That said, we also played a couple of really good teams in the last two games. And under our current circumstances, like we weren't going to beat the Suns. Very unlikely we were going to beat the Bulls. We got to get this win, though, against San Antonio coming up on Thursday before the big Christmas matchup against the Brooklyn Nets. We'll be back to cover all that and more here on the Lakers Film Room Podcast. James has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic got it. Magic fires. It's good. The Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Three seconds left. Van Exel to win it. It's on the way. Kobe Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds. With his eighth block shot, the an NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans okay, sticking so around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two, score. Miss it. Right. Unbelievable. Score the victory. It's over. Shot clock now to five. Bryant. Yes. And that was a little tough to Albert Gentry. Bad insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic. Trying to disrupt Rondo, he puts it in. Here's Davis, 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters.